Hello and welcome to a fresh episode of the Wildcat Offense Basketball Edition hosted by yours truly, Wes Ibarra of Offsea Sport. Before we recap that big win over the Nebraska Cornhuskers, I want to thank each and every one of you for the likes, the ratings, the reviews. It means so much to me and it means so much to the podcast project. Keeps me motivated to make episodes like this for you all, as well as upcoming projects that I have in the works for the channel. Um, that being said, I want to thank you guys again for joining me on your Friday night, whether you're at home, at the gym, or if you're working, you know, <laughs> good on you, or if you're doing something that is making you happy, uh, or even if you're just sitting at home, just uh, thinking about the next Northwestern basketball game. You know, I appreciate you taking the time to start off your weekend with me. And of course, we have something really, really good to talk about as the Cats evened up the score with the Nebraska Cornhuskers winning big 80-68, to fueled by a huge first half huge at the end of uh, the first half it was 47 to 31 nebraska so a plus 16 um difference in favor of the cats uh, so even though i said it was going to be close and then a pull away i'll take a dominant first half and a bit of an even second half because then the cats did quite enough in the beginning to uh, kind of put the game away but uh with that being said too you know looking at the stats boo booey you know, he showed up to play, right? He didn't really fill up the score part of the stat sheet uh, last time they played Nebraska, but this time around, he puts in 22 points. So how about that for a uh, makeup performance? 6 for 13 from the field, 4 for 7 from 3, and 6 for 8 from the line. Our leading uh, rebounder was Brooks Barnheiser with 10 rebounds, 6 on the defensive, 4 on the offensive. Langborg leading the way with six assists, and he had a clean game. Zero turnovers and 39 minutes of play, and Bowie led the way defensively with two steals and a block, though he did foul out of the game. Juwan Gary was the leading scorer for the Nebraska Cornhuskers with 15 points, 6 for 11 from the field, 1 for 2 from 3, and 2 for 3 from the line. Williams was their leading rebounder with 10, leading assist man with 4, and Rink Mass led the way with two blocks. Looking at team stats, pretty even um, from a field goal standpoint, but Nebraska has the slight edge, 45.8%, 22 out of 48, while the Cats had 42.9, 27 out of 63. Now, the Cats really shot up the lights out from the three, 11 for 25, 44%, compared to 6 for 19, 31.6% for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And free throw percentage, Nebraska did really dominate there. 18 for 22, 81.8 to 15 out of 22, 68.2% uh, for the Cats. Cats led the way with the assists, 17 to 11. More rebounds, 34 to 12. More offensive rebounds, 12 to 2. So great job by our offense for keeping the ball alive and keeping it in our possession. So, of course, rebounding is great, but I would argue that no rebound is better than an offensive rebound, right? Because it gives your team another chance to score. And, of course, with the first half like that, and, you know, kind of just watching the highlights and some of the tape over, it's like, yeah, you know, Northwestern really did a great job of keeping the ball in their hands and taking good care of it. Um, Cats had seven steals to Nebraska's four. 
Nebraska had one more block, four to three. And here's the real good stat here. Cats only had eight turnovers. Nebraska had double that, 16. So the Cats defense was back in action uh, tonight, or I should say Wednesday night, and really, really gave it to the Huskers. It's kind of like what I said in the last episode, right? Home court advantage, you know, go big purple, right? And um, just by looking at that game at the time and looking at it again, you know, the Cats faithful really filled up the house and really put Welsh Ryan to good use and put it against Nebraska. But also, you know, the Cats were able to reset after that snoozer against Minnesota and um, really, really get back to their ways, which is a very methodical, efficient offense with a lot of three-point shooting and playmaking and a very stringent defense, which will force teams into making a lot of mistakes and a lot of turnovers. Um, that being said, the Cats improve to 16-7 and seven on the year, while Nebraska falls to 16-8. and eight. Um, Looking at more detailed stats, right, uh, with the, the 10 rebounds, Williams also had... 13 points, 5 for 7 from the field, 1 for 2 from 3, perfect from the line, 2 for 2. Um, Keisei Tominaga, kind of a quiet night, 11 points in 28 minutes of play with uh, 3 for 7 from the field, 0 for 3 from 3, but perfect from the line. Uh, rink mast, not too much of an impact, 8 minutes with, uh, or I should say 8 points in 31 minutes of play, 6 rebounds, but he did have the 2 blocks. A little bit of foul trouble with four. Um, Joan Gary actually did foul out of this game. Uh, their leading bench contributor was Lawrence with 12 points over 21 minutes of play. So last time, Nebraska practically had a starting lineup and then some in double figures, right? Now they had just only four guys in double figures. Mass was on the outside looking in with eight points. And Alec had zero. Um... If I remember properly, he I, I think he got hurt because he only has he only played a short amount of time. And Northwestern did lose a guy uh on that game too. And we'll get to that in a bit. But again, you know, the common theme throughout these last couple games was multiple or a good number of players getting into double figures and that being a contributor to either the team being competitive or the team winning outright. Right, so luckily the Cats did a lot defensively to, um, especially in the first half, to not really let Nebraska's players run free and run wild, like kind of like they did um, in the last game. But Northwestern was able to keep up pace. Then here they just straight up just put the game away as soon as they possibly could. So way to use it, way to use the home court advantage. As far as Northwestern goes. Langborg had 18 points to go along with the seven rebounds and six assists. Um, he had a little bit of foul trouble too with four fouls in 39 minutes of play. Brooks Barnheiser has another double-double. 14 uh, points with 6 for 11 shooting, 1 for 2 from 3, 1 for 2 from the line. Uh, Ty Berry got injured early, um, or I shouldn't say early, but at some point in the uh, first half, I don't remember exactly the minute mark, but Looked like he tweaked a knee or an ankle on a breakaway on a steal. So hopefully he's okay. Um, prior to that, he 
had six points, two for seven from the field, two for four from three. One of those threes being one of those real momentum swinging threes where it just gets everyone hyped and it causes Nebraska to call a timeout. Nicholson only had three points, but he also had eight rebounds and one block. Nick Martinelli had his number called quite a lot with Ty Berry being out with 31 minutes on the night, six for 11 from the field, two for two from three, and one for two from the line. Uh, two rebounds, one assist, one steal. So it looks like if Ty Berry's not ready to go on Sunday, Nick Martinelli will get starting minutes. And it's shown kind of like based off of the sample size that the more minutes he gets, the more productive he tends to be. So luckily, you know, Martinelli has been a really good sixth man for us. And hopefully with, if he does get a chance to start, he can contribute even more. Uh, other contributors off the bench were Luke Hunger and Jordan Clayton with 10 minutes apiece. Hunger with two points, Clayton with uh, zero. So... Um, not much bench production from uh, the Cats necessarily, uh, especially with one guy kind of basically being the starter for the rest of the game. And even the Cats too, right? They only had four guys in double figures. But because they were able to set the tone and really decide the game in one half, right? That was enough. You know, you can look past only four guys getting in double-double. Um, or in double figures, I mean, but um, you did have one guy record a double-double and two guys just score at or near 20 points. So in a way, that kind of that kind of evens out. Um, I mean, I like it. I, I say this quite a lot over the past uh, few weeks covering basketball, but, you know... It's one of those games how where Northwestern really showed how they can look when they really look good. And, of course, with Boo Booey, you know, our fearless leader, having a really, really strong game, it goes to show how powerful this Northwestern team can be. And, you know, it's not to say that, it's not to say that, um, it's not to, it's not to say that uh, you know, uh, Nebraska didn't play well. Or they're not bad, you know. Um, or let me rephrase that. It's not to say that Nebraska's bad. Actually, Nebraska's good, right? But it just so happens that Nebraska is not really good on the road against the Big Ten this year. As a matter of fact, they were looking for their first win on the road uh, for the Big Ten part of their season. And, of course, that's going to be a tall order when Northwestern is virtually undefeated at home minus the one loss non-conference, right? So, and that trend continued because Northwestern won the game. And, you know, that's the real, real beautiful thing about Northwestern season, right? Is that they've been practically unbeatable at home. And a lot of it, you got to attribute it to the fans, right? Now that the team is doing great, the team structure is amazing. And, you know, it seems like uh, Coach Collins has uh, regained control of how he wants this program to look you know of course that's just also just fan logic right a lot of people will come out especially for a school that isn't necessarily sports branded like northwestern right people will want to come out for a winner and luckily luckily and 
you know, deservedly, Northwestern basketball, you know, men's basketball, they're a bunch of winners. So, of course, when you were able to pack a place like that, you know, night in and night out and be more present for your team instead of it being the other team's fans. And believe me, believe me, I've I've been to Northwestern games where the Northwestern community did not seem invested in wanting to watch the basketball games. And it was pretty much dominated by the other school's fans. Right. But now that things have changed, you know, I'm sure a lot of the opponents that come into Welsh Ryan now are kind of rattled, kind of unfamiliar, right? Because they weren't used to seeing this the past who knows when. Let's just use like 2015, or no, no, 2017 as a reference, right? When, which was the last time the Cats went to the tournament and before um, last year. But, you know, I'm sure... Now that there's interest again, there's winning, and there's a legit good team in front of the visiting team, of course it's kind of like, oh my gosh, what has happened here? And uh, now it's no longer like a extended home game for whatever a team that is. So, you know, good on the Northwestern community and you all for uh, really stepping it up. Um, like I said in the last show, I myself have to get down to a game at some point. Um, I've been watching all these games on the TV and following them that, on the radio and watching the highlights back. But, oh man, I, I really need to see that environment when it's not only filled, but also just pro-cats, right? So, hopefully, but real good win by the cats. I want to know what you guys think. Did you think that um, this could be the kickstart to what I was kind of talking about earlier, where... The Cats need to win as many games as they can just to uh, boost up their seeding. And I did uh, more research on that. Cats were a seven seed last year. So, you know, six or better would be great. Um, so, of course, that's kind of what the Cats are playing for at this point. So hopefully, I mean, like I said, do you guys think that this is the game where the Cats can kind of find a second, maybe third wind, if you will, start stringing a winning streak towards the end of the uh, regular season and look good going into the tournament or a conference tournament so that way they can better themselves for the actual tournament or do you need say a win against Penn State to get yourself convinced in that matter let me know uh, but for now we're going to sign off here Again, I want to thank you for joining me on your Friday night to talk Northwestern basketball. I hope you're happy about the bounce back win. I sure am, and I'm already looking forward to Sunday's game, um, which is at home again, because uh, the last time um, the Cats played the Nittany Lions, uh, they were in uh, Happy Valley. And um, I'm, sure, I'm sure you guys remember, and if you don't, that's okay. There was no preview or recap for that game because I was away, but Luckily, this time we'll get to have it. Um, and, you know, to kind of give an update on that, we'll talk on Sunday, on game day, for that game. Um, and most likely do a recap on that the following Monday. So there you go. Uh, we'll sign off here. Thanks again. Share the podcast with friends, family, colleagues, anyone who's down to join the Sports Talk conversation. I can be found on most podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Obviously, sports spelled O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. There you can find 
previous episodes of the Wildcat Offense, as well as the football version of the show, and Greatness, GR number 8 NSS, where I kind of give a short-form op-ed on athletes that are just performing at the top of their game today, such as the defending NBA MVP, Nikola Jokic, the Philippines women's soccer team, Naoya Inoue, who is really killing it in the sport of boxing, and of course the $700 million man, Shohei Otani of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, hope you enjoy those shows uh, and those uh, podcast episodes as well. I will see you on Sunday, and go Cats! Bye.